Hi everyone, I'm Timmy Murphy and welcome to my podcast, This Man's World. This is a podcast series where I talk to different men from all walks of life and who all have a different story to tell. I hope to inspire and engage you with these amazing guys who I'll be interviewing. Modern day men living in a modern day Ireland. Their hopes, their dreams, their likes, their dislikes, and what it's like being a man in 2020. Hello and welcome to This Man's World, a podcast where I talk to men from all different walks of life about what it's like being a man in 2020. I'm your host, Timmy Murphy, and today's guest is a two-time world Irish dancing champion. He's a former lead dancer on Riverdance. He's a Clare man. He's a local personality. He's a big personality. And it's Michael Donnellan. Michael, how are you? How are you, Timmy? Thanks for having me. No problem. You're very, very welcome on, on the, the podcast. I really wanted to get you on um, because I wanted to get your perspective on life in your 40s, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Because I, want to get, I wanted to get you know, people, guys from their 20s, 30s, 40s and up and, and younger. Um, and also as well, just to give you that platform to know a little bit more about your career and your background and just to have the chat and stuff. Um, people won't know this, but me and Michael actually have a massive amount of mutual friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've been ringing each other kind of during the week and stuff. And every phone call, I'm like, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we do. We're best friends. So I don't know how it's taken this long to get here. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've just been like two ships in the night who have mutual best friends. But sure. look, we've got here. We're here. Um, so, Michael, if you want to tell our listeners um, a little bit about your early life. So I know you grew up in Ennis. So do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of the young Michael? Yeah, I, I, I was born and reared here. I was born in Caracalla in Ennis. Um, so I went to the CBS from the age of uh, five right the way through primary school, right the way through up... Uh, up my primary school days into into secondary, um, and went to the CBS also in um, which was uh, Rice College of course, mm-hmm. um, there for the five years. So yeah, I'm uh, I suppose I'm officially a townie. Um, yeah. Even though I've travelled an awful lot, I I uh, I suppose I I'm officially um what they what they call a townie. So I yeah I was uh, I was. Uh, Growing up in Ennis, and I played Gaelic football, I suppose, and I played various sports and all of that. But Irish dancing was something that that was your thing. That was my thing, and I and I think I kind of got into it by by accident. My brother mm-hmm. Richard um, danced, and uh, my mother uh, was a midwife. My dad uh, worked for Lingus, and um, I was brought down to the hall one particular day in Maria Sumpter Hall in Ennis, there near the cathedral, yeah. across from the. Next to the old cinema. Uh, absolutely, next that. to the old Burns cinema. cinema. Yeah, the two-screen cinema where you pay your 250 yeah. to get you to see Superman. The bo- do you remember the, the, the bottles of Coke? The bottles of yeah. Coke, that's right. Yeah, Or a tin of orange. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so you were yeah. how old? So I was five. Oh, five. I was five. five. I was brought down and... Uh, and it was my brother. My brother was learning. My brother was nine. He was he was a little bit older than me. And uh, before my mother knew it, or my dance teacher, who was Maureen Nivrian, mm-hmm. uh, Tuhi from from originally from Limerick, the O'Rourke School of Irish Dancing is where I learned my trade. Um, fantastic woman, Maureen and Anya taught me. God rest Anya. She passed away in nineteen eighty eight. Um, but the school is still going going oh, strong. Of course. Um, 
so yeah, I was up jigging around and, and doing my one, two, threes backwards and doing yeah. them all wrong. And But I had good time and I had good natural yeah. rhythm and time and um, from quite a young age. And Maureen spotted something in me, as did my mother, and I, I kept going with it. And so it's great, years, it's great to start at such a such a young age. Yeah. Do you know? Absolutely. And say, growing up um, in Ennis and going to school in CBS and junior Irish dancing and that, um, and growing up kind of in, in Clare, so that would have been the 80s? It would have been, yeah. So I, w- I would have gone to primary school in around 1980. Around 1980, yeah. yeah. So obviously a very different generation. Very different. And especially when we got to like sixth class and we, there was there was a, a famous seventh class that we did. All right. where, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I was in that as well. We we did that and, and it was it was kind of the introduction of, um, uh, I suppose, the computing world mm-hmm. um, in seventh class and then into first year in 1989 I think right the way through until 1994 um, but I, I, I have some great memories of school when it came to say after my junior cert I had a yeah. great time in fifth year a fabulous time in leaving cert mm. um, enjoyed primary school to a degree but there was a, there was definitely a period in the middle that I, I, I didn't really enjoy that mm. much you know um, I suppose you were finding yourself as well as a boy and yeah you know, yeah uh, there was a bit of kind of um I suppose you know being an Irish dancer in uh, in rural Ireland uh, back then mm. in you know kind of the late 80s early 90s wasn't really accepted as something that was the norm I suppose you know it's still rural Ireland you're 13 14 years of age you're wearing a kilt you're dancing yeah. you know but you know you're wearing your Irish dancing tap shoes but to a lot of these guys that you're going to school with you're wearing a skirt and you're wearing high heels you know and you're 14 with a big yeah. moppy head of hair yeah. so you know uh, did you I, find that hard yeah absolutely it was it was it was definitely you know it was tough going because there was dance competitions that would be held in the Christian Brothers Hall sometimes on a Sunday evening um, you know so the, the lads would come down mm. from wherever they would be from in, in Ennis and they'd have a have a look and they'd stand at the back of the hall and you're in the leather jackets and you'd see you'd be on the stage pointing your toe and you'd look down and go oh the lord god I'm going to get killed tomorrow for this you know because it was they, they would see it as kind of what are you doing wearing your mother's skirt like you're wearing a pair of high heels what's going on um, but I, I think as time went on it was it was different and even though I played a bit of football I played a bit of football mm-hmm. with a rogue um, uh, it, it was uh, it, it didn't matter if you played football or if you played hurling which I did um uh, the kind of the inverted commas damage was done you know you, you were kind of labelled as something mm. and that was it um, as time went on it got a little bit cooler people I suppose started to accept you know you hit the 16 17 years of age and mm. um, yeah people didn't care you know I suppose as yes. well it's, it shows um, a, 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 at such a young age that you had like a resilience to go well this is what I enjoy doing you didn't back down from it you no didn't, you didn't fall into the curve of going oh I'm going to be like those guys I, it's like I'm doing my Irish dance and this is me this is what I want to do yeah it, it just felt very natural to me I, I never yeah. um, I never remember not being able to dance if that makes sense you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, you know I, I, I'd say I, it just it just came as I say very very naturally I had a kind of a natural understanding of rhythm and timing um, my feet just did what they were asked to do were by the teacher and, and, and 
I, I think so to a degree. It's, as I get older, I kind of think I, I, I think that way, yeah. Mm. Because as I say, I never remember not being able to not being able to dance. To dance. Um, you know, I can remember not being able to walk, but I can remember not being able to dance, if that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but I, I, I did. I persevered with it, and um, I enjoyed it. It was it was great fun. The people that, even from such a, a such a young age, the people that I met were absolutely amazing. They're still friends of mine to this day. Oh really? Know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I uh, I'm still friends with people that I met when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten years of age. That's great. That are in their forties now, like me. Yeah. Um, that I know, you know, um, as I say, for over whatever thirty five years, mm-hmm. and some of them are living in London, some of them are in Los Angeles, some are living in Wales, some are mm-hmm. living in mm-hmm. wherever you know, Scotland, um, all over the world. Um, there's people that I know that are in the United Arab Emirates that are teaching out there, that are in Mexico. And I think that, that's the, the thing about Irish dancing as well. It takes you across the whole globe, doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I think, in you know, if you look what's happened in the last, especially 20 to 25 years, um, you know, the, when I would have been competing, there was Irish dancing competitions in mainly England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, North America, and maybe a little bit in Australia. Whereas now there are Irish dance schools in the likes of Nepal, in mm. in as I say in Taiwan, um, Mexico, all over South Africa. You know it's it's global. It's oh. absolutely global. You know there there are some of the some of the brilliant Irish dance schools are actually in New Zealand and in Australia and you know it's it's grown hugely and probably due to the popularity of the professional scene. You know it was uh, I think Irish dancing. 30 years ago was in a way the poor relation of the of Irish music where if there was a fantastic Irish session going on you know the add-on was get up there now and do a step and we'll have three or four dancers as a kind of a an addition Mm. to the session Mm. whereas it's kind of reciprocated now a little bit it's changed hugely in that you know you've got Irish dance shows and you've got music as a feature now yeah um you know, so, and that's not taken away from Irish Irish traditional music. I absolutely love it, and, and yeah, and we do, we do, you know, love our our, our music in Clare, um, and we have fantastic musicians. But I'm just glad to see that you know Irish dancing has taken off and mm. become so so popular. It has. It's, it's you become, know, it's become a phenomenon almost. It has, yeah. And so, say, um, if, going back to like when you were kind of growing up in the eighties and stuff. If you look at the generation now. I suppose the Corona generation, we could call them. Mm. You have, I suppose you have a generation and then you have a Corona generation at this stage because yeah, yeah. it's like so much has happened. Yeah. So if you look at what, what difficulties, say, um, or obstacles that, that you were faced with growing up in the 80s, do you think there's a lot of difficulties facing the generation now? Do you think there's like a massive gap between them? Yeah, I think we face the same difficulties in a lot of ways, mm. but I think we face them in different ways. You know what I yeah. mean? I think I think our, our issues and our problems years ago were a little bit simpler. You know, I think we were we were slightly simpler. Not, I don't mean intellectually intellectually simpler. Yeah. I mean just we 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 wanted certain things. We wanted to be out on our bikes. We wanted to be playing. We wanted to be going out. Mm-hmm. You know, the techn- technological world has taken over massively. I think, and I think it's kind of changed kids' attitudes. Uh, you know, um, I don't think. I don't think, um, as I said, that the problems have have uh, have changed that much. It's just, I think it's as I say, it's it's kind of how we handle them. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's 
it's um it's like that old saying everyone's everyone's hill is their own mountain you know yeah and i think it's changed as the as the as the as the generations go on absolutely i think we all you know a lot of kids and then there's the social media and there's all that business as well they all need to get out there and they all need to start irish dancing that's what they need to well yeah <laughs> I, I, I just i think physical activity is a massive it's just it's a it's it's such a massive plus you know um i'm as i say i'm 45 years away years of age and my legs aren't what they were but i still try and you know uh, exercise minimum twice a week and it's for your head. It's just it's fantastic for your for your head. It really, really, really is. You know, you there's times that you'll you'll work out and you'll do your workout for the hour on a Tuesday or a Thursday, and you might eat the thing that you shouldn't be eating, but you feel better. Yeah, you know? it does release endorphins and it does make you feel. You're in the hot shower afterwards. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, I did something. I got out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, fresh air is massive. Getting out into nature is huge. Mm. There's nothing like you know getting up to the seaside if you can. I know we're on a lockdown at the moment, but at least you can. You can walk, you can go, you know, 5K you from your house. There. You can exactly. get out there. Get out there and run. Get out and walk. Get out and have fresh air. Um, dance if you can. You only need it, you know, two metres by two metres to, to... Yeah, exactly. ...to jig a little bit, Yeah, you, know? you don't need um, a, a big dance hall either, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think, I think I, I do, I, I hear you. I agree with you on all of that. Um, and then, so you... You went and you won the the world championships of Irish dancing. Then, so you were eighteen. Yeah. So, well, I I won it when I was twelve. Actually, oh, 19, twelve. Sorry, nineteen eighty eight. And um, yeah, there was it was uh, in the Leisureland in Galway was where the world championships were held that year. Um, and I was I think I was in first year or second year in school, and. It drove me on. I mean, like I, I, it took me nine years to win it again. It, it's, it's, you know, it was getting harder every year, and you know, I remember when I was twenty-one years of age, I had joined, um, Lord of the Dance, or mm-hmm. when I was twenty, sorry, I had joined Lord of the Dance, um, Michael Flatley's show. I was in that show for about a year, and then I, I, I branched out uh, into a different production. River Dance, of course, had had um, become very, very popular. I joined that show for three years, and I remember. In 1997, I was in Riverdance and I was also still competing. And uh, we were in Edinburgh at the time. And I was travelling home every Sunday morning to, you know, to Marie St. Hall. Yeah, absolutely, to train for the World Championships, which was on the following April. I was doing this from November the previous year right the way through. So it was six to seven months of constant training. Um, And uh, eventually I I did manage to get over the line. But I completely retired from um, competitive Irish dancing. It was just very, very difficult to do both, you know, the physically and uh, from a travel point of view as well. I couldn't just make it home every week mm. to continue to, to train for, for the competitive scene. So concentrated on the professional side of things and I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really look back. Um, you know, we were doing eight shows a week. Uh, you'd be doing about two and a half maybe to three hours rehearsals every single day as well so you'd be dancing for five hours a day uh, seven days a week but you'd be, doing eight, you'd be doing eight shows for sure there was a five show weekend um, you'd do that for, for a week at a time in each city and then you'd move on to the next next city and it was absolutely all over all over the world you know so your life changed then when you won the championships kind of did you know I, I got the full time contract with uh, with Riverdance and um yeah, I I, uh, I suppose I um I got to see the world and I I, I got to be paid to do what I used yeah. to pay to do. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. We used to 
paid to do Irish dancing and suddenly you're being paid to do something that comes very, very, very naturally to you and mm. something that you absolutely adore. So you must you have know. felt on top of the world then. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was it was fantastic. I felt and I still feel very privileged. You don't really fully appreciate it at the time, I don't think. Mm. You know? It's like a it's like an actor that's 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 acting and then they they retire and they look back on their on their career or I don't know, you had you know, you had that great great hurler on Podge Collins, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago as well, you know. I'm sure he'll he'll tell you that, you know, when the ball is in the hurley and he puts it over the bar and there's eighty two two thousand mm. people cheering, um, you know, even though he's retired now, that's that's a feeling that never leaves you. So, mm. and do you appreciate it when you? I don't know. I mean, when I was dancing on stage and there was, well, there was five thousand people a night every single night. So, you know, um, the boards of forty thousand people saw the show every single yeah. week, a week in, in the West End. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it became like a job because I danced in the show nine hundred times. There was a, I was there for three years, mm. um, you know. And you, hard though I'd say hard going, hard going on your legs and hard going, just very very hard going physically. But we were so fit. We were twenty twenty one years of age. You, yeah. You know, you could kind of eat what you wanted. You could drink what you wanted. You could, yeah. you know, it didn't matter really yeah. because you were just burning so many calories dancing yeah. five hours a day, um, and being paid to do it. So, you know, yeah, it um, sounds like the dream. Yeah, it was absolutely, you know, and I, I, it's, I definitely appreciate it now more than, more than I did, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's about living in the moment, isn't it? 100%. Something, something nobody does. Yeah. I, I struggle to do it. I'm either in the past or else I'm in the future. Yeah. Sometimes I have to go to me. In the moment. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. And recognize what you're doing in life. I think so. And appreciate the, the moment that you have. There are some great moments every day that we have. Everybody has poor days and you know it's very very normal for people to have a have a poor day and feel low or feel, mm-hmm. you know but i think we kind of we, we this generation has a, a a tendency to i suppose wish our life away yeah you know, we're constantly wishing wishing our life away i i i i, I met you know i met somebody recently who, who had a great conversation with and we were chatting about that and he said you know he said i i for so long, he said, I was getting into the car. I was driving down from Dublin to do a... To, he was a presenter as well, like yourself. Um, he said, and I was driving down, and I'd be, I'd be, I was in the car, and I was thinking, right, when I get there now, I'll do this. Mm. And then he said, when I'm there, I'm thinking, right, and when, I, when, I'm, when I'm back home in Dublin now, I need to get this done, etc., etc. He said he had to stop doing that mm. and just turn the phone off for a second and sit into the car and enjoy the drive from Dublin down. Put on a bit of music. Look at the countryside. Take a breath okay. and go, all right, we're here. I'm, I have two hours of a drive now. I'm going to be in this car in this moment mm-hmm. and put on my favourite tunes and just sit with it. Yeah. And then when I get there, because I can't do anything till I get there. Yeah. And when I get there, be in that moment and be, he said there were so many times that he was talking to people and I, I could relate to it so much because it was like talking about myself, really. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody and you're not there. You're not. You're mm. thinking about something else, and you're thinking about what you're to do in the future, um, or later that evening. Just be in the moment, and I think that's something that I've definitely learned uh, over lockdown, but definitely in the last in the last, I suppose, year and a half to try and try and be in the moment and enjoy what we have right now because it could be gone in an instant. Oh, I'll tell you. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, harder said than You know, it is harder, harder said than It is hard. Yeah, I think I, stage, I, I think the lockdown has helped people mm. to kind of focus a little bit. But you know, I don't know what what way we'll come out of this at the at the other at the other end of it. But you know, life will eventually resume and get back to normal. Yeah, I I, I think we'll come out of it from a, 
you know, obviously the vaccine is going to be a huge, huge part of this in, in people's confidence in going out and going back to a theatre, for example. In my my industry, you know, the, the theatre is absolutely decimated. Um, the first thing to go and the last thing to come back is going to be entertainment because, you know, Dance Baradas of Ireland is a show that I, I recently... Um, uh, you know, got involved in when it comes to the choreographical and directional point of view or side of things. Um, we brought the show to Glore last year, this time last year. Yeah, that's it was right. Great yeah. success. We, you know, it was, it? Oh, it was great. You know, it was great to people of Venice really came out in their droves. Um, and you know, and we're back on tour. They were supposed to go back on tour actually this week. Oh, uh, for eighty five shows right the way through until April. Completely cancelled. All our corporate gigs completely cancelled, etc., etc. And the reason is because, of course. Um, you know, if you have a theatre of a thousand seats, capacity of a thousand seats, um, you can only have maximum two or three hundred in there because you can only have thirty or forty, you know, percent capacity because capacity. somebody can't sit beside you unless you're in the same household or in front of you or behind you. Or mm-hmm. so it's going to be tough. But, um, you know, I think we will come out of this. I think going back to, um, what we'll get out of it. Uh, I think we'll eventually go back to some kind of normality. But. What I what I take from it is uh, the people that we really uh, should look after, and the people that have looked after us. You know what I mean? There's been. I think I looked on my Facebook profile there not long ago. I think I've got one thousand eight hundred and thirty two friends or something. You know what I mean? If I got two punctures, I could probably call six people. You know what I'm saying? when you really think yeah. about it yeah. um, well seven now that you know me well seven now that you know, yeah, absolutely you know what I mean you know and I, there's, there's great people we all, we all know thousands of people yeah. but when you think about it you know there's uh, there's you know we, we, we try and filter out uh, and it makes you realise who's real what's important and who's really important and I know now it's so many people are saying that and it sounds like almost like a cliche but I don't know I think I think you really kind of realise uh, who's 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 absolutely who's with you? Who's really with you, mm. and who's who's not? Yeah, know? yeah, I think so. I do a, dig- a like a digital detox every three months, right? Where I just remove a whole lot of people, mm. and it's absolutely no offense to them. It's just they don't yeah. benefit my life, or I've never no. met them. No, 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 absolutely. Or 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 the friends you on Facebook, and you might see them in the street, and they want to lose. And they want to, yeah, yeah. You know, it's and and I've probably been guilty of that as well because I don't know who they are. I know, and me. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've done it to people as well, and they've yeah. gone, God, he's, he's, he's head is up in the clouds. I'm trying to be thinking, I'm not living in the moment there, see, I could be thinking of the future. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, how did you find balancing, say, your life and on tour, so your own personal life? Did you find that hard? Because obviously you were working quite a lot, and you were dancing and stuff, did you find it hard to have a life as well? Yeah, it was, it, it was, it, it, it consumes you, absolutely consumes you, Timmy, um, because, you know, as as I say, you're dancing. You might have a Sunday a Sunday off, so you do a Monday show, Tuesday, two on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday, two on Saturday. Uh, so there's your there's your eight or two on Saturdays. There's, there's your eight or nine shows. Sometimes you mightn't have a matinee during the week, mm-hmm. but you definitely have, a, as I say, rehearsals three or four days, or three or four hours during the day as well. So, you know, this this would go on for probably 11 months of the year so you might oh, only gosh, have one yeah. month off you might be looking at the odd time to have two months off july and august were kind of a little bit you know a little bit dark they, they not not as popular for shows so mm. um you'd go home and uh you'd kind of you know try and switch off and relax a little bit and and all of that but uh 
I was I was actually from a personal point of view when I was going out when I was in Riverdance I was um I was going out with somebody in the show when I was in Magic of the Dance um same same scenario so you know it was very much all consuming all consuming yeah yeah very much so and you know you're living with the person you're traveling with, with them, them you're eating with them, them you're traveling with them you're staying with them you're you know um so yeah very very much there's very very little time for yourself Mm. To a degree, you know, you couldn't even go into another room, yeah, and and just switch off for for five mm-hmm. minutes, you know. So that that side of it was was was, a was bit, difficult, was a little bit tricky, yeah, or at tricky, times. I suppose, yeah. And did you find it hard to separate um, the dancer Michael and Michael Donlan from Ennis? Did you because because you grew up Irish dancing and then you won the world championship so young, mm. and then life just took off? Did you find that it was hard to kind of separate the two? Or did you? I suppose they they merged into one. Yeah, did they? they kind of did, to be honest with you. And 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 you know, if you've got any kind of airs or graces about yourself, I came from a family that were very very grounded. You know, yeah. mother and father and brother that were very very. Uh, you know, if you got ahead of yourself, you'd get yeah. a, you'd be soon told. You know what I mean? You wouldn't necessarily get a kick <laughs> in the arse or anything, but you'd be told. Yeah, you know, you, you need to wind your neck in here a small bit, like you know. Yeah. Um, you're not better than anybody else, kind of a thing. Don't it's don't. Scary. You know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, very encouraging mm. people. Very like I was very very lucky in this. What I wanted to do, I was always encouraged, and I was always, you know, um, you know, I come from I come from a very very, I suppose, warm family and, and a close family in that they were always there for me and still are. Mm. You know, um, my my parents are in their mid mid seventies now, um, Michael and Carrie. Um, and they're they're in great form. They're 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 good, you know. Um, very positive, very positive people. And uh, my brother Richard, obviously, he's um he's uh, just completed a degree actually in early childhood um development in oh, uh, Mary Immaculate College. Um, so yeah, great lad as well. So you know, there was there was always that kind of you know, um, you know, encouragement as I say. But uh, yeah, get too far ahead of yourself, and you know. Be re- just wouldn't with. be accepted. To be, yeah, you know, just same with my family as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm told as well for reeling that yeah. Nick. However, what I love about Claire and what I love about Claire people is we are so encouraging of our own, and we are a county of singers, storytellers, yeah, actors, dancers. We're that little pocket of Ireland where we're just this little county of, yeah, personalities. Yeah. And I, I'm the same. I grew up in in a family full of you know all the Murphys. Yeah, absolutely. big personalities. Yeah, big yeah, huge yeah, personalities. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm a talker, but my father's the same. We're always so if we're we're of, as a county, we're very very encouraging of people's talents. Yeah, and I love that about Claire. But don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't oh, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't um have notions. <laughs> Yeah, that's a kind of a th- that's kind of an Irish thing in a way yeah, though as well. It's, yeah. it's gonna do well now, but not too fucking well, you know. Yeah, um, it, it is. But I, and you know, it's funny you touched on something there as well. You know, where the clear people in general are very kind of kind of outgoing and not boisterous, but we we Guns want crack. to meet people. We want to. This is why this time is so alien to yeah to us. It's yeah. alien to the other thirty one counties also, obviously, yeah. but. It's just you, you know we're not. I see it with my own father. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. You know all 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 my dad knows is 
being sociable and chatting away to people and going up. How are you getting on? father a mile away. He's, yeah, I mean, you know, he'd go to he'd go to the shop for a pint of milk and he'd be gone an hour and a half because he's been meeting twenty people. So, you know, we're trying to see, you know, and and trying to try to explain that. Listen. Jesus, like, you know, you can't be told, you know, put your mask on. He do, you know, it's not that he doesn't get it. He's a super, super bright guy. He's just, just, you know, it's alien. It's alien to me and it's alien to us in general, yeah, I think, to just not be able to, you know, even sitting here with you now, mm. having to be this far away. I know, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. it's, you know, you know, normally we'd be shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And we, we, you know, you know, you'd be having a pint or you having a, you know, it's just, it's, it's odd. And it's, and it's very, very difficult in school. I'm a school teacher. I teach in the St. Patrick's Comprehensive in Shannon. I try to socially distance those kids. It's Talks just at break time and at lunchtime. And, and they do it. They do it to the best of their ability. The staff are great. But it's so hard because mm. our natural instinct is to go to each other and mm. to talk to each other and try and, you know, that's what we want. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it it's is tough. tough. I and I do feel sorry for for kids nowadays in school because, God, I know when I was seventeen, eighteen in Flannins, if this happens, I yeah. I'd be scaling the walls. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to put me in a box at all. Do you know? Yeah, or not in no. a box, but you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Social distance me for anything. It's it's um it's tough. Um, and Absolutely. just when you touched on the on the West End and stuff and and theatre and how it's taken such a. A massive hit. I was in London, kind of just when we first went into lockdown with work, and I remember being the West End, and it was like it a was ghost like, town. Oh, it was just so so hard to see. And I was in pantomime at Christmas in Glore. Yeah, last Christmas, and it's the one thing what I was looking forward to doing again this year was get back up on stage and do a panto. Should we couldn't? Yeah, but next year hopefully. Yeah, I got I got a text from a friend of mine in London, and she just sent it through this. She was walking through. Um, Leicester Square, you know, uh, and just a, just a, a a quick like ten second video of it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, just it's just absolute derelict, completely, yeah. you know. And and it's it's everywhere in the world. I came like you know I was posting something in the post office there last Tuesday after work, and I walked across the the square, and there was two men talking in the square, just two elderly gentlemen having a chat. That was it. And that was it. That was it. I walked, I looked down O'Connell Street, there wasn't a car, there wasn't, a, it was like half four or five o'clock in the day, you know, it's like something out of I Am Legend or a Will Smith I know, movie in a way. 28 you know? Days Later or one of those yeah. zombie movies, it's it's eerie. I did hear a very nice expression a few weeks ago and I've kind of been rolling with it to get me through this and he said to me that if 2020 was the year of cocooning, 2021 would be the year of the butterfly. There you go, yeah. So... There Lovely thought. Yeah. And I think it will be. I think it will be. And I definitely think 2022, you know, is going to be even better again. It's, it's you know, I think we'll, we'll once once a vaccine is out, I think people will have confidence. Mm. They'll get out more, you know. Um, mm. I just want to put a shirt on and, 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 a, and a, a jacket and oh. get out for a meal and meet oh. people. And, you know, we're just so sick and tired of, we will, we'll get there. But it'll happen. Yeah, it, it will happen. happen, it'll happen. It's, I can feel it in the air now as well. It's getting that little bit more positive. For sure. Um, so with Riverdance then, and you were you were dancing opposite Michael Flatley as well, weren't you? That's right, in, in Lord of the Dance, yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we did the show for um, a number of months in the Coliseum Theatre in London, the West End, yep. home of the English National Opera, the ENO. So um, yeah, Lord of the Dance was there. I think we were there for... 
we were there for a couple of months to eight, eight nine weeks and um, yeah I was lucky enough to uh, play the role of Dundurka which is the Dark Lord uh, oh, opposite, yeah. opposite Michael Flatley in the, in the West End so yeah pretty pretty special times um, very 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 hard going a very very hard man to work for in a good way I have to say would push you to the absolute limit mm. but um, you know would spend two three hours on one particular movement that would last three seconds kind of a thing yeah absolute yeah. precision yeah um you know and uh the absolute... you find that's what you learned from him that... I, I i definitely got that yeah no, no no doubt about it you know that absolute kind of work until it's until it's perfect and anything anything below that is just not acceptable um very good is not in the vocabulary there yeah. it's just not there you know um yeah the attitude was always if you know if something can be absolutely exceptional um, or exceptional then then why why not have it why exceptional? not have it exceptional yeah you just didn't understand anything anything else um, well it stood it's it stood its time with him it did it did it stood the test of time I mean when you think that in 1994 you know that's when the uh, Eurovision song contest yeah you know hit hit the big hit the big time uh, it was in a way, it was a bit of a, I won't say fluke, because I think something that, you know, an art form that that's, that, that is that strong will always, you know, come to the top and have its day in some way. But it was an interval act mm. to me. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it was it was an interval act, yeah. you know. Um, Rock and Roll Kids was the song. I yeah. think it was Charlie McGettigan and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Fabulous, two great singers. Um and you know they won like they, hardly anybody remembers that I know these I know. these two lads it's won all, they won the Eurovision you know um, I think was that our last no I think we won it then the following year didn't we I think we might have yeah Eamor Queen I think it was could have been yeah the voice yeah might have been but um, yeah it was I mean it was it was an interval act but what better platform to I mean there was millions watching this so this was kind of the chance in a way for for you know Irish dancing to to be absolutely catapulted onto or you know like just springboard bang onto the big screen and people people really stopped and listened and looked and went wow this is yeah. something else very special you know, isn't it like there's friends of mine very very close friends of mine that aren't really into Irish dancing mm. you know if I was involved in the show years ago they'd come over for the for the crack they'd be over for the weekend and for the drink and for the messing and the you know just socially mm. um and they'd go to the show and they'd be like, okay, we better go to the show yeah. now and watch Mike doing it, you know, doing his thing. But they, they literally, you know, said, wow, this is, this is, this is something else. Isn't that, isn't you know? that fascinating? I think yeah. everybody remembers where they were. I remember yeah. where I was when I seen it. I yeah. think I was only about 12, 11 or 12. I remember yeah. going, wow. It made Irish dancing sexy. It made it sexy. It made it cooler. It completely. It changed people's perception of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Irish dance halls were were, were, were filled with, with young lads as well. Yeah. You know, and then of course, you know, the uh, they didn't they didn't completely uh, do away with the kilt, but they gave also they gave round about that time they gave lads the option in nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight of not wearing an Irish dancing kilt in yeah. Irish dancing and you could wear trousers if you wanted and that's shirt. right, yeah. So that so is that that's what it changed. Was that's that kind of when it changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, yeah. Yeah, it did. In and around that time was when, you know, you could just wear a shirt like you're wearing yeah. now. Or a trouser and a, and a and a normal trousers. Yeah. Um so then, you know, that 
I suppose together with you know fashion changing and evolving, mm-hmm. you know you had lads then going into Louis Copeland and getting proper proper clobber like yeah and 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 going up on stage looking like they were going to a wedding or going mm-hmm. out that night you know mm-hmm. what I mean um and now it's it's even changed again it's all it's all you know tight waistcoats and they're wearing tight jeans if they want yeah, to and, yeah you know cool shorts and really cool trendy board. yeah trendy stuff like you know mm. um so that's that's kind of you know and 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 as i say the the, the practice the dance classes the irish dance classes in ireland and england and all over the world mm. um there was you know there were way more males joining at five, oh, yeah. four, five, six years of age because their fathers who were in their early 30s or 20s or whatever were saying Right, I I want my son to do this. This is cool. This is really seen as a cool thing, so it had a you know had yeah, a bit of a knock on effect, knock on effect which great. Yeah. And then from a geographical point of view, you had the you know the um, expats from all over you know like it like globally uh, started to open Irish dance schools mm-hmm. and you know and 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 travel to all these different exotic places like you know. Like Dubai and uh, guitar and and Mexico and Taiwan etc etc, and open Irish dance schools. There was yeah, there were people that, that were just saying, "Yeah, I'm up. I've I I want to I want to I want a break. I want a break from Ireland. I want to travel," and they were qualifying as Irish dance teachers and going as far as they wanted and opening Irish dance schools across and the now, world. Across the world, there are hundreds and hundreds of Irish dance teachers now. Mm. Outside of England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, America, etc. Fabulous, like great. It branded us as a nation. It did. It just. It. it I. I don't think there's that one Irish person that will forget when they did the dance and it was, it was, it was powerful, and then it ended, and then that cheer, that oh, big yeah. roar, was oh, yeah. like it was like the whole country just roared for us. Yeah. Nobody will forget that. Yeah. How did you feel when you seen that? How did I feel? When did you I saw did you it? Yeah, think was, did you think it was like well, this is going to really change? Oh, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah. I remember that. You know that they literally went bum bum bum. Yeah. Two seconds of silence, as you say, and this absolute adulation. Yeah. You know? Um, I was doing my leave insert at the time. Yeah. And I didn't do very well in the first leave insert, and I had to repeat. And I went to Bruce College, and I remember <laughs> I was getting postcards and the whole lot in the door from mates of mine that were travelling all over the place I thought jeez I, 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 I want to be a part of this like and the deal yeah. that my parents my parents were like if you get a decent leave insert get your college place and, and go mm. and and I did and yeah. I went and I just thought that is it you know it took me 20 years to get my degree to get my qualification in PE I know, but... Um, but I didn't care you know um, I think I did my first lecture in in Brunel University in 1996 and I got my teaching number in 2016 so I was officially the longest student I think ever on the books uh, for any college but um, you know I like I, I had a full head of hair when I started and having to rib now but that's the way it goes but I wouldn't look back yeah. or I wouldn't change it looking back mm. you know um, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah I took the opportunity of going you know like um, if I didn't then that opportunity would have would have gone yeah and you know there were there were so many brilliant Irish dancers, absolutely fantastic, better Irish dancers than me didn't get the opportunities that I got mm. way back in way back in the day. You know, I kind of hit my peak as an Irish dancer when it hit its peak, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It came at the right time for me. It's all about timing. It is. 100% it's all about timing in every way. Um, but yeah, I do. I def- so for that, I think I, I definitely consider myself very lucky and privileged, you know. 
And would you have any advice, say, for any men or women that's listening, um, mm. that have a dream like you had and they don't know how to go about it? So I know you, so you said like you were doing your, your teaching and stuff. So yeah. you had that as well kind of on the back burner. Yeah. Like, would you, would you have any advice for anyone that's kind of, that wants to go into say Irish dancing or I don't know, into TV or anything like that, that that's kind of, that's thinking like, God, how, how, how am I going to do this? I need to have a job. I need to make money, but I also want to chase my dream. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's a good question. I think it's all about odds, really, isn't it? Mm. And it's all about shortening your odds or lengthening your odds, right? Mm. And giving yourself the best chance. If you absolutely believe in it and believe that you're good enough and believe you can do it, that's half the battle. I think if you're not willing to work unbelievably hard and harder than anybody and everybody else before you yeah. or that are that's in the game right now with you or against you or whatever the case may be, then you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to work, and I mean work like an absolute dog at it, mm. and you believe, I think 95% work and even 5% belief, um, then go for it. 100% yeah. go for it. Yeah. But it's not going to come in your lap. It's not going not to have to, not, 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 not a hope. Like, what I think of the amount, even when I was in the show and I had my place and I had my contract, you know, there was 18 lads and there was 18 girls. There was 36 dancers in that line. And for every single spot, for every single so my spot, if I was, say, seventh in the line and I was an understudy, I had an understudy contract, I got through the leave once a week or once every fortnight or whatever the case may be, I still wasn't safe mm. in that I knew that there was probably between seven to ten CVs coming in every single week for my spot. And then there was another seven to ten CVs coming in for the guy's spot beside yeah. me, etc., etc. Et every week. Yeah. You know, there was a convertible to these fantastic, brilliant dancers. Because you got brilliant Irish dance teachers out there mm. producing these Irish dancers all the time. So, you know, you're never it's just you 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 have to work to get there and it's hard and you've to you have to work harder to stay there. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if you're willing to do that, yeah, um and and, and you you little bit of belief, mm. loads of hard work, go for it. Because and this is something that I I I love movies and I love actors and I love I enjoy certain poetry and I you know my dad has always kind of given these fantastic uh, analogies you know he has these great sayings like for those who understand no explanation is necessary however for those who don't understand no explanation is possible yeah right? and you know. It, I remember Jim Carrey talking about something like that before where he was talking about you may as well do or go for what you really want to do mm -hmm. what you really want to do because you can easily fail at something that you do that you don't want you know I could have easily gone into a job after school not worked hard not gone to college mm -hmm. not gone into Riverlands not gone down that road and got into a job that I absolutely hated yeah. And, sti and still made an absolute mess of it mm. and still be sacked or still whatever you know what I'm saying yeah. so you may as well like you may as well you may as well take that chance you may as well take that chance yeah. I look back I'm 45 now and I, I I remember joining that show at 20 years of age and thinking this is just 
this is just great. I had money in my pocket. I was living in London. You know, all I had to do was just be at that theatre at half three or four o'clock in the afternoon, do my rehearsals, do what I absolutely loved, loved doing and get up on stage. And it seems like yesterday. Yeah. Those 25 years have passed so quick. I can't believe it's 25 years ago. Mm. I really can't, you know. Um, so it passes so quickly. Mm. It goes so quickly. Days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months. Months turn into years. So, so fast. So do what you want to do. If you're 18, 19, 20, there are always going to be people that are going to doubt you. Mm. There are always going to be people that are going to say, sure, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Irish or Jesus? Sure, why? You know, you're always going to have the Irish or Jesus, why would you want to? People everywhere. No matter where you go. No matter what you do. No matter what you do. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Just work really It hard. does go quick because every time I look in the mirror, I see another grey hair in my beard. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Listen, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, at least you have, you have some kind of a head of hair. The only, the only hair I have in my face now are eyebrows. I think so. I get up in the morning <laughs> ah, and I well, brush no, them. it's not too bad. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's the facial, yeah, that's compensation. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. But that, that's even going grey. So, yeah, I know I'm, I'm, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm just touching 40 as well. Good man. I'm on that little 40 mark. Yeah, fair play to you. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know how this hair has lasted. But anyway, it's there. Yeah. Great hairline. <laughs> Great hairline to me. Fair play. I think my hairline starts at my back um so then you relocated back home then to ennis so how did you find um so i suppose first of all when did you move home and how did you find that adjustment to come home yeah i would have moved home in and around uh i had a bit more college to do i was kind of tipping away at it every so often so every three or four years i'd find myself doing another another year in school or etc i eventually did ended up doing the, the full five years um I did a master's then in in uh, in the University of Limerick in um, dance performance. Yeah. Um, uh, before I finished off the the PE qualification in Brunel University in London, so I uh, I would have uh, come home in and around two thousand and eight. Um, I got a job uh, in Kildyceret Community School as a PE teacher, and then I uh, I was there for about a year. Loved that fabulous people out there. I have to say, and uh, then I was in UL. I was teaching in UL as a tutor okay. on the undergraduate um, physical education and sports science undergraduate degree course. Mm-hmm. Um, loved that. I was there for two years, and then I got a job in St Patrick's Comprehensive School in Shannon. Oh yeah, in Shannon. Yeah. So yeah. I was, and I've been there. I've been there since. So I've been mainly, mainly subbing, um, doing full time sub work, um, and uh, that that suits suits greatly because it you know if I need the odd Friday or Monday off for for, yeah. for shows, I still do workshops abroad, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and uh, I dance adjudicate Irish dance competitions oh, as well. Too, yeah. Involved in in um and in uh, dance shows then the tour. Um, choreographing them and all of that so, so there's times when I need a little bit of time off so um, vice principal there is fantastic great great understanding of the arts great musician herself actually as well um, so you know on very 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 understanding of, of time off that I may need and that kind of thing so it's great it's great that's great that, that's a great that, balance yeah great did great you feel balance, it was you know? time to come home I did I think and and I, I, I was very lucky that I didn't I didn't have to just absolutely cut 
the ties completely. I was still, I wasn't doing eight shows a week anymore, yeah. but I was doing maybe three to four shows a month performing with the Kilfenora Cayley Band and with Fusion Fighters, etc. Oh, that's right, yeah. And um, then, of course, I was still running the Irish Dance School. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing a bit of choreography for the for the for the touring the tour, shows. Yeah. So it, it it wasn't like there was just Yeah. So it was easier a, to adjust an, an absolute cut. Yeah. It was very, very, very gradual. And I'm still involved in it. Now I'm not performing anymore. And there's and you know, you know when you're done. You just know. You know, yeah. you know when your when your legs won't take it anymore. I I I uh three years ago I I re- fully retired from from performance. Mm-hmm. Um at the 2017 flat in Ennis. Oh yeah. It was my last performance in the in the dome there, the Shannon Aerodrome, um, with the Kilfenora Cayley band. And and I knew it was time because you know, your legs just aren't what they are anymore. Your body feels it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to watch your weight, you have to watch your diet, you have to watch, it's just it's very 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 difficult. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, I was I was okay when I was actually dancing physically on the stage doing it, but the next day I was going down the stairs sideways yeah. and getting out of the bed and, you know, putting my feet in the ground and thinking, God, I've got pains yeah. everywhere. You know, yeah. I really have. Um so it was taking a you know, it, it, it took an awful an awful um I suppose toll on my on my body, you know, I've had two operations under my feet where I had bone spurs over time. Um, two operations on my left ankle. Um, my knees aren't the best, you know. My hips creak at times. Apart from that, I'm in top shape, Timmy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I can see yeah, it yeah, yeah, by yeah. looking at you. Ampli, yeah. Do you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's. Yeah, I wish, but it, you know, you, you you just know, and you know, yeah. and this you know, there's younger people coming up all the time. Um, that you know that conveyor belt of of, of mm. talent and genius is coming through all the time, and it's their time now. It's you know, and I. I love the transition of the kind of the player to manager, if that makes sense. You know, the going to the other side of the fence of sitting in the sound box and looking at your work being being danced on stage. It's great. There's no yeah. better place than being there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's it's definitely the next best place. You know? What are the life lessons that you have learned is as a man in your forties? Um, listen more to people. Mm. I thought I knew it all when I was younger. Uh, look, you know, it, it's it's it, it comes with time. You know, I remember choreographing and being involved in a dance show in nineteen ninety nine, mm. and uh, I was like twenty, whatever I was, and uh, I remember, I remember. I think it was sorry, I was twenty three, and I remember. I thought I knew everything. Thought I knew it all. Twenty three years of age, you know. Yeah. probably four three three years involved in it in, in, prof- in the professional show scene you know mm-hmm. um, and I, I look back at that show now and there's, there's some decent stuff in it you know but if I was to choreograph a show now and put something on stage now um, probably two of those 14 or 15 dance numbers would make it into the yeah. show that I would do now Yeah. also when it comes to how to speak to people I think yeah. um, I don't think I was ever unbelievably arrogant or anything like that but I was definitely I definitely had if I'm honest I think when I was younger I had a bit of an ego that was a little Mm. bit bigger than it should have been for its shoes at times Um, so I think the ability to 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 listen a little bit more to take on 
people's feelings a little bit more um, and be a little bit more empathetic, I think, um, to people. Uh, you never know what people are people are thinking they're either. Don't judge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, like in a small little tiny example that happens very often where you, you know, you might salute somebody in the street and you say, hi, how are you? And they'll just look through you. But you don't know what they're thinking. You don't mm. know what news they've got. You don't know what, you know, years ago you might think, what an arsehole, you know. Yeah, what an yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. Know, you wouldn't but, have but, to. But they're not. They're yeah. T- you, you know, you, you, so you never know what people are thinking. Um, I've learned to try and be kind uh, more often than mm. not. Uh, and take into into consideration that you just don't know what people are going through. Um yeah, that's I think that's main, probably yeah. the main ones. I yeah. love that you said that because that's a running thing in every interview that I've had. Mm. So by you saying that and the last guest, Cormac, saying it and Pod saying it and stuff in, in different ways, people are aware of what aware of it now. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a, it's an answer I'm hearing from everyone and I love hearing it. Yeah. Because people are now aware, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. But Whereas, aware awareness is key though to me. Awareness yeah. is we're all flawed. I'm hugely flawed. Yeah. But I'm aware of them. Yes. I think yeah. I probably had those flaws years ago as well. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't aware of them. Yes. And when you're not aware of them, that's the problem. Yes. If you're aware yeah. of things that are that you need to change about yourself or that you can how you can better yourself, yeah. Then then you're on a winner. Yeah. Because we're never going to be nobody's going to be perfect. Yeah. We're never going to be the perfect person. But it's just learning from the mistakes that you've made. Exactly. In, in anything, in work, in life, family, love, mm. uh, relationships, whatever the case may be. Mm. There's no point in making a mess of something unless you don't make a mess of the same thing again. Exactly, as, you know, exactly. Suppose, it's yeah. the awareness, but it takes time. It, takes it does, time. and experience. And experience. And yeah. even when I, when I recorded my episode and I told my story, and I talked about my f- flawed moments or, or, you know, things that happened in the past. People were reaching out to me going, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that this was happening? But I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. I was just a stupid young fella. It's not yeah. till I got to now where I'm on that line of touching 40 yeah. that I look back and I go, yeah. geez, that was a bit toxic, wasn't it? Yeah. So you, it, but it takes, it takes time for people to become aware of, of what has happened in the past. Yes. To go, Absolutely. that shouldn't happen. Yeah. So, and people are well-intentioned and they go, you should have told me, you should have told me, but you, you, you don't have the maturity or the awareness to go, of course. I'm doing this and I think this is wrong. You just don't. It's just, it's a life lesson. Yeah. So I love that I remember answer. someone saying to me before, you know, would you like to live forever? And I don't think I would because yeah. I'd hate to outlive the people that I love. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And have that kind of um, situation that Tom Hanks was in, you know, in... Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the Green Mile, the Green Mile, etc. Yeah. But I'd love to have a couple of more laps, though. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, when I get to that sixty-five or seventy years of age, where I feel that, years. Where, yeah, yeah. I but know. to go back, I'd I love to go back, maybe, and have yeah. another few laps and go back to forty again and live yeah. to seventy. Then, yeah. with all that I know, yeah. You, you know what well, I mean? Well, modern science, you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. But we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll. You know, we'll, I suppose this, we'll take it day by day, won't we? We'll prevail, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, lastly, Michael, this is a question that I ask everyone. Define the word love. So, you as a man, what does the word love mean to you? 
Love. Good question. I think it comes in different forms. Yeah. I really do. I think, obviously, you can love your parents and your brother and your best friends, etc., etc., obviously in different ways mm-hmm. than, um, than other forms of it. I think the key to it for me is that it's real. There are there there definitely has been times where I feel that it hasn't been real mm-hmm. for me personally. When I look back on it, nobody has the gift of hindsight, I suppose. Yeah. And there are times that I that I definitely felt in my life that I was in love and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I look back at it and think, God, what in the name of God was I thinking? Yeah. Um, I'm I've definitely been no angel in my life, mm-hmm. um, but you know. There's definitely times where I haven't been treated the absolute the absolute best. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are times that I could have treated relationships better, um, and been more empathetic and been more there. Yeah, if that makes sense, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I I think I think it's when you can look back on relationships that you've had in the last maybe twenty years and say and say to yourself, Yeah, I definitely did love that person, even yeah. though it didn't work out. I did. then that's love. Mm. If it lasts, you know. Um it doesn't necessarily mean that you still love them. But you did love them. Yeah. So that's something. Um the likes of family, you're always gonna love them. Yeah. Because they're great to you that's, most that's, of the time. You wanna kill them sometimes and they wanna yeah. kill you sometimes, yeah. but you love them and they're and they're and they're fabulous. Um It's it's the bursting feeling that you can't wait to see your best mates, for example. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting dressed up and you're ready to go out for a meal and you're you know and the and the and the laughing that you're having. That I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a part of love. Um, when it comes to a partner that you're with, mm-hmm. uh, even outside of the sexual attraction and the passion and the lust and the fun and love I think is mixed in with uh, the fact that if something really bad goes wrong in the day for you you're, you, you, you you want to have that one person that you can call or mm-hmm. you get a great bit of news and you want to have that one person that you can call that's love yeah um, so it comes in all shapes and sizes in all shapes and sizes yeah I think the key to it is though that it's only real when you can look back on it and yeah. say, right, that definitely that definitely was. Because there was definitely times that I thought I was and I wasn't, mm. for sure. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I agree with it. And it's it's like I said, everybody has a different answer to that. So it's it's that word means, that word is, is a different meaning to, to different people. Yeah. But I do like that answer. Okay, so um, thanks very much for coming on. No problem. I think it was Timmy. a very insightful um, interview, and I think a lot of people will learn a lot of things from it. Um, so, right at, at the minute, I know you're on Facebook, Michael Donlan. If anyone yes. wanted to reach out yeah. to you, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. have your Irish, um, you have your dance school. Michael Donlan School of Irish Dancing is on Facebook, also. Yeah, that's on Facebook. Yep. And the tour should hopefully be back up and running next year. Yeah. So uh, we are. Dance Barados of Ireland. Yeah. Um, so it's www.danceberadosofireland.com and that tour will go back on the stage 
hopefully in 2021 so November 2021 Germany France Belgium uh, Luxembourg um, all over Europe basically with with a, a view to bring it to America hopefully at some stage in 2022 23 and um yeah so i'm going to keep jigging in the meantime and uh, try to try to keep moving brilliant okay well i wish you the very best of luck thank Thank you very much timmy it's a pleasure thanks michael big big thank you to michael for coming on the podcast um i think what i learned the most from michael was that whole thing we spoke about with self-awareness um, for him to say that answer back is exactly what I'm trying to get across in this podcast is that self-awareness of things that happen to us in life. Um, and, you know, self-awareness can take some time and, you know, it, you can you can be any age to have that self-awareness where you look back and you go, actually, do you know what? I probably shouldn't have done that um, or, you know, life changed like that because I did this or because I did that so I think it was great that we we touched that and that he said that and that we highlighted it um also as well like it was great to hear a man you know to go through at such a young age to go through winning the world championships twice and you know to travel the world and to have those amazing opportunities and to basically live his dream like it was so inspiring and so commendable that you know he had a dream, he went for it, he completed it, and now he's in his forties, and now you know he's living in Clare, and he's still living his dream. And you know he might be over in the West End, and he might be, you know, dancing opposite to Michael Flatley and stuff, but he's been there, he's done that, he's bought the ticket, and now he's still living his dream, and he's branched out into other areas of his life, and I just find that, like I said, really 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 inspiring um i learned a lot from him i hope you guys have learned a lot from him also and i wish him all the best of luck in everything that he does